All right. David, we are on. Connor. We're back. Thanks for having me back. Lovely to see you again. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Very good to be here. Yeah. I think is, I think this is my first time on camera on my own. I've yes. Had, I've the, had the, uh, the moral support of Will Heukin. Yes. So. The first <laughs> time we did audio only. Yeah. That's right. Didn't we? Um, then we did news of the week twice. Only once that the recording actually functioned. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest podcast in the world. Yeah. So we had to do we had to do a tribute. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> As you said. Um, we, had to do, we had to do a redo, didn't we? Um, and now I've brought you back for a different conversation. Yep. I've come to talk to you about what you slash we think it takes to be a good, great, or successful personal trainer. Mm. So I can, I can imagine that you understand from this I'm flirting with you a little bit because I'm brought you because that means I must think you're a good personal trainer. Yeah, I'm, I'm flattered. Yes, Thank you. Thank yes, you, I'm flirting with you slightly there. But, um, yeah, no, as I was saying earlier on, there should be an interesting uh, discussion because we haven't really talked about it at all yet, have we? You mean ever in life or on a podcast? I mean, I'm sure when you used to work at the gym, we've talked about it. But on a podcast, we haven't really discussed it. Yeah, that's true. And that's a good place to start the conversation, actually, because yeah. we used to work together, Yes, didn't we, in the same yeah. gym. And the, fir the first thing I wanted to talk about was your personal training history. Okay. Like, how did you get started? Where did you work? I know, I know you, you worked at Virgin Active for a little bit, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, for and then a short you, while. And then switched. Yeah. 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 Uh, how did I get started? Um, I think it was just a fancy to change in career. I was sort of... Um, I've got a weird career history, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I worked in the film industry in the sound department, as so I was a sound, doing this kind of techie stuff. And um, but I was very, very young at the time, and sort of, it's a long story, but moved back up north, um, started working in a cafe, and mm -hmm. which is how I developed my love for coffee. I was a, <laughs> I was a barista for uh, about eight years, actually, on and off, with bits of like traveling in between. Mm -hmm. So I was a barista. Um, and then I just picked up, I, I went from being a run, just exclusively a runner and not really using a gym um, to training in a gym and sort of teaching myself how to lift basically. Mm -hmm. um, I started with like a basic like five by five program. Strength training. Strength training type thing. And I just really enjoyed it and I enjoyed the process of learning how to refine your technique and stuff. Okay, interesting, yeah. Um, I just got a lot of enjoyment out of it and I thought, I'd, to the to the extent where I thought I'd enjoy mm. teaching other people. Yeah, did it turn uh, out to be correct? Yeah, yeah, it did, it yeah, did. Good. Um, I mean, I'm sure I sort of, I probably like coached a couple of friends before I'd done my um, PT qualification. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I decided to do that, did the usual route, gym instructor, yeah. PT qualification, yeah. um, did the little extended bit as a diploma. Um, and that's it. And then I got my first job at Virgin Active, yeah. Um, which was a nice gym, yeah. Um, but the actual leisure center was just on its way out. It was like I could tell it was going under. Like half the management was missing. Okay, and did it go under? And it did go under. Okay, I I <laughs> I jumped ship yes. to the gym group just before it closed. Yeah. Um, so I sort of preempted it. Um, but their model for PTs, I don't know what it's like now, maybe it's better, but at the time it was pretty terrible. Yeah, not not good if you're trying to, well, not the best if you're trying to run your own business there. No. They were good, well, correct me if I'm wrong, um, I thought they were good for 
training the personal trainers though and giving you like extra knowledge yes yeah they sent me on a few different courses and stuff. yeah stuff like that like yeah extra curriculum they'll, they'll put you through those qualifications like that yeah i guess they were good for that yeah they're good for that but for actually running your own business yeah it's not the greatest system that they yeah have. they're kind of more interested it seems in taking your money rather than <laughs> <laughs> rather yeah. than just having you be there yeah uh, um, they had this like pay tier system anyway um I also chose to work at the gym group as well uh, because yeah. they offer, in my opinion, the best deal you can get as a personal trainer. Yeah. If you're looking to set up a business anywhere, they bug you the least yeah. and interfere the least with your business, basically. Exactly, yeah. yeah, and have a good deal that they offer for you yeah. as, a, as a business to use their facilities. When I started, in fact, to me, after being at Virgin for a few months, um, it just seemed too good to be true, mm. the deal, the, the, the setup that they have. Yeah. I was like, what do you mean I can charge what I want? Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean I don't have to tell you like how many sessions I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, it was too good to be true, really. Yeah, they're not um, they're not as intrusive, yeah. are they? Um, which is nice. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not sure how long I'd been working. Did I work at that gym before you? I think I was already working yeah, there. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure yeah. how long. No, you were me. already there. I'm not sure how long. You weren't there from right from the start, were you? No, not no. not not since the gym opened. I got there about six months after that specific okay, gym opened. Yeah, yeah, I think I started about two years in after it opened. Interesting, something like that. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And me and Will, we might have said this before, but me and Will started on the same day. I didn't know that. Yeah, exact same day. Yeah, yeah I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. Um, obviously, he was a work, work experience at the time. Yeah, because he was young at that he time. Was very young. Um, and Tom Lee as well. Have you had Tom Lee on? Um, on a podcast, yes. On this specific podcast, sat here, no. Yeah. But I have emailed him, um, and he's replied to me saying, "Get him on, yeah." I'm going to bring him down and yeah. ask him the same question that I'm asking you about what he thinks it takes yeah. to be a great I person. Think, yeah, me, him, and Will all pretty much started at the same time. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And all doing well. Yeah, all doing well. <laughs> all doing well, which is nice. All doing well. So now you work at the Gym Group. Um, yeah. That's the company at Kellam Island Sheffield. That's right. Yeah. Yep, um, and you coach what type of clients would you say? Um, bit of a mix, but it, um, yeah, all ages. Um, main it's weight loss, as you probably know, is a very common goal. So yeah, <clears throat> fat loss is a common goal. Um, gaining strength, gaining gaining confidence in the gym. Um, yeah, a few of my clients recently, like their initial sort of email or text to me or whatever is more about I, I just I don't feel confident with what I'm doing and I want to know what to do okay that, interesting, kind, of, yeah. that kind of thing you know yeah yeah I want to know how to learn I want to learn all the lifts and know how to do them properly um yeah I've had a bit more of that stuff recently more than fat loss interesting yeah. interesting yeah um and what, what's your overall feeling for personal training? Feeling you, for it? Yeah, just like, how do you feel about it? Do you think it's easy, hard? Do you enjoy it? It's not easy. <laughs> I agree, it's definitely not it's easy. It's not easy. It's harder than people think, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, and when you get busy, obviously, managing that sort of workload with your own free time. and Because um, people, you know, some people can be quite hard work. Some people can be really really effortless to train mm. um, but some people require a lot more attention a lot more mm. um, of your time and stuff mm -hmm. 
both in the sessions and outside of the session. True. You're a good um, personal trainer if you're even considering outside of the sessions, in my yeah. opinion, because most personal trainers just don't. They yeah. just see the clients for the one hour and then just sack yeah. them off until next week. Yeah. And that's poor coaching. Definitely. Yeah. So it's it's good that you even are even thinking that there's an outside of the session time. Because yeah. most eighty percent or more PTs are just not even considering that situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that does tend to vary because obviously if I've got a client who I train, like I've got a lady at the moment who I train four days a week so there's not that much out outside of the session time because I just see us see her so often yeah sort of thing yeah um, but then I've got others that I train really infrequently so it's a lot more messaging and stuff outside of the mm -hmm. physical like one-to-one -one mm -hmm. session mm -hmm. yeah. um, with my one-to-one -one clients and personal training clients and when I used to be a full-time personal trainer I used to message every single one of my clients every single day unless they specifically asked me not to <laughs> Unless you said, look, you're bugging me too much. I'd say, all right, I'll bug you less, don't worry. But I might just checking I might on adopt you. that tip, actually. Just checking on you. Um, when I was a full-time personal trainer, I didn't have that many clients. Probably 20 to 25 clients any one time. Hmm. That, that equals like 30 to 35 sessions a week if I have some people once and some people yeah. twice, yeah. which is fully booked. Yeah. It's not that many people. No. No, how long does it take me to... Mess WhatsApp twenty people saying, "Hey, how are you?" Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, literally not long. You can even do group. You can even do a WhatsApp thing where it messages everyone in one go. Mm. You can put people into a group and then, well, not so they can see each other, but so you can send out like mass messages to yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple people, stuff like that. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Because it's super important to keep on top of people in between um, sessions, isn't it? Because say say that that lady that you're coaching, she's in the gym with you four hours a week. Mm. maybe five if it runs over a bit but how many hours is there in a week was it 176 yeah so there's 171 versus four or five yeah definitely definitely but I also I do gauge it on how much I feel people need my support oh definitely because I think some are very some people don't want bugging there's that yeah and they're also very just on it like with, with some people with, don't need bugging. Yeah, they don't need. Good, that's this, another that's good what point. I mean. And some people do. Yeah. So people ask me like now with my with my six steps of slim program, I've got two hundred and forty clients. So I've dramatically ramped up from twenty yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah, yeah. ten times more. And people are like, oh my god, how do you? And still, most people contact me almost every day. It's at least fifty percent. So I at least get a hundred check-ins per day. Um, and people say to me, they're like, oh my god, how do you sleep? But it's not. It doesn't really take that long. It's not. Mm. It's not really that difficult. Like if if I get a hundred check-ins, ninety to ninety-five of them say, "Hey Connor, I'm doing fine," or "Hey, I've lost one pound, feeling good." Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, five of them have got issues, mm. and that's my full-time job to help yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? So it's literally no big deal. Yeah. And you're you're exactly right. Um, some people check in with me once, twice a week, and they just get on with it. No big deal. Some people check in with me twice a day, every day. So it averages out at like a medium level yeah, where yeah. some people need a lot of accountability and support and some people just, they kind of just need to be told what to do and they just do it. Mm. So it, it, it works out at a nice yeah, yeah, medium yeah. balance there, yeah, doesn't it? Sense. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of personal training and coaching people then, I've got a few questions for you. Okay. What do you think are some traits of I'm wondering whether I should go positive or negative to start off with. 
I'll go positive. I think that might be easier to start with. What do you think are some traits of successful personal trainers? Successful or good or all right, all right. No, go, go for it, please. Define successful. What are you thinking? Well, in terms of business or client. Yeah, so there's business successful, isn't there? Both. Where there's just making money. Mm. You know. Yeah, but can you make money if you're not actually helping people? How long can you pull that magic trick off for where you're actually doing a yeah, shit job yeah, and yeah, actually making point. great money? Yeah. I know a couple of people who can pull that magic trick. I think there are people that can do that. I know there are people say, that can do that. If you say the right things and you, you know, you're on top of it with I'm your marketing so, game. I'm so tempted to say the name of a personal trainer, basically. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just not going to. Yeah. I'm just not going to do the call out, but I just could. Yeah, let's could. not call anybody out. I just could. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards. Okay. I'll, I'll look to him. <laughs> I'll tell you afterwards. I know somebody who charges £60 an hour and sucks. And it's fully yeah. booked. Yeah. And people complain and then come to my program saying, oh yeah, I did that and I expected it was going to be magical because mm. it's how much is personal training normally? 30 quid an hour more yeah. like. So he's charging double yeah. and not doing doubly better. Yeah. No, doing yeah. 40% medium. But like you said, like how long is that going to last for? You must have a high turnover. Must he, do. He or she must have a high must turnover. Yeah. Must do. Hammers Facebook marketing so it must be constantly like bringing in new clients. Yeah, yeah. I think... Being a good personal trainer brings you that longevity, brings you that client yes. re- client retention. Yes, uh, where people just want to keep training with you, they're just happy to stay with you, sort of thing. There's a statistic that I saw once that I can't really confirm its accuracy, but I heard that the average time someone's a personal trainer in the UK is six months. Really? Yeah. Okay. And they make minimum wage, and then go back to a normal job. Yeah. Because there's massively high turnover rate in personal trainers as well, isn't there? Mm. Um, it's not I think from a lot of people most people probably it's not easy to get the ball rolling and I remember you saying you went in hard when you started like you were basically sleeping at the gym I did sleep at the gym yeah. <laughs> or I slept in my car yeah 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 yeah. Um, or in the, in the boiler room yeah now it's now now it got banned of sleeping in the boiler room because I ruined all the best tricks <laughs> I just wore that one out until the managers got too annoyed with it and put a ban on it <laughs> but I was determined to be successful mm. and wasn't necessarily in a good place in my life at that time. And I, I was all in. I was yeah. literally do or die. I'll be successful or... Yeah, I think we took different different approaches because I was more determined to just enjoy it okay. and, and just be there mm. and go through the process mm. of sort of experience, gain, gaining experience. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish I had really, I wish I had that mentality of like <laughs> sleep in my car. And, uh, I had 500 quid in my bank account and was going for it right? because I, I, I got a job um, getting paid cash in hand when I was like fucking 18 at a bodybuilding gym making protein shakes for people and painting the walls and shit like that um, and then they eventually I, I was working on the reception a bit and the guy came up and he wanted me to sell steroids to people and, and I'll tell you this as well he wasn't even going to cut me in <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean sorry he wasn't even going to cut me in I said no. I said well, no, 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 no. I don't do no, 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 no. I don't do this. This is none yeah. of this is for me. Um, and he said, well, so. But then I need to get like a receptionist that is actually going to like do what I need them to do. And mm. I said, all right then. So that's when I decided to become a personal trainer. So I thought I have to go get. Um, I had a, that. That was my second job working in the gym. I only did like fifteen hours a week or something. I just um, I was just always in the gym and the guy just said, You're always here, why are you always here? And I said, I don't have anything else to do. So I was just eighteen. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, I couldn't stay working there, so that's when I decided to do personal training. Yeah. And I didn't really... I don't know. I didn't have anything good going in my life or any direction or any idea what I was supposed to be doing or mm. good self-esteem or anything, really, at that point. So I thought, I'm going to have to either go get a job that I don't like again, which I'd already done in the past, and got depression from having just jobs that I just didn't like, just turning up every day at a place you don't want to be, getting up at a time you don't want to get up to go to a place you don't want to go to, to be spoken down to by people that you don't even want to be there in the first place. Mm. Every single day, over and over again. And I thought, I don't know, eventually I'll, I'll fucking die anyway at this place, because this is just, I just can't do this, so I'm either going to die happy in a gym, or I'll fucking die sad somewhere else, so fuck this, and I'm off. <laughs> so, I literally had um, about 500 quid <laughs> in my bank account, and I just thought, right, well, we'll just, we'll just get clients all we won't eat. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. just, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> Do you think that helped having the pressure to succeed? Oh, definitely. Yeah. No safety nets. Yeah. Um, I was getting business advice from somebody online at that point, and that was one of their things that they told me. Um, basically gave me a lecture and said no safety nets mm. and I said all right then deal um, but I did have a bit of a safety net to be honest um, because I I worked for Samsung at that time as well um, only on weekends Saturdays and Sundays and I only got paid about 600 quid a month for doing Saturdays and Sundays working for Samsung but that was just enough that I didn't need to immediately get clients like I could kind of just pay some bills yeah and kind of just like and if i got one or two clients all right now we're going somewhere it wasn't like i had zero income so and i i did that for about i don't know three months or something just had kept that weekend job until i'd got enough clients to sack that off essentially mm. and I, co I coached a personal trainer as well um and he used to be a shop manager at a shop in Hall, and he came to me and said i want to do what you're doing and i said all right then you've got to quit your job and he was like, no. And I was like, all right, then it's no deal. And then, he, and then I said, just, you either have to do Yeah, how are you going to be a manager of a shop? Surely that's like 40 There's hours. no way. That's I know how hard, it, like you said, one of the things you just said earlier is it's difficult to get the ball rolling. Yeah. It takes a bit of time, like any business, anything. Sure, yeah, yeah. It takes a bit of time. Sure. Yeah, so how are you going to do 40 hours at a different job and then what? You have to work on shift for a gym usually or do something yeah. like yeah, and he didn't live near the gyms that he wanted to work in either, so then there's traveling on top. And what are we doing, sorry? I said, look, dude, you've got to quit your job. And he said, no, I can't do that. I said, you can, though, because at this point, we were both young. Um, and he actually still lived with his parents. And I'm like, you've got no bills. Mm -hmm. So you either do it now, or this is a good opportunity for you. You've got a car payment, and that's it. Um, and then he messaged me back the next day saying, all right, I'll quit. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And then I spent a weekend with him just laying out what he had to do. Um, and he was wildly successful. Within one year, he, he had more clients and was making more money than me. Wow. Literally, it was crazy. He got clients so fast. But he's a very charismatic and good-looking guy as well. Mm. And really nice and friendly. Doesn't come across in like a bad way. Comes across really nice and friendly and smart. Yeah. He's a good guy. I guess that's a good balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a great balance. And, yeah. and he's knowledgeable as well and caring. Mm. And... The correct mix of things, basically. That's how yeah. I knew he'd be successful. Yeah. I thought, yeah, you're the fucking guy for it, definitely. You like training, you know your stuff, you're very friendly, you care about people. Let's go, mm. let's go, yeah. Um, and now he's continued on and had clients forever and worked in gyms and got 
Lasses Green Nutrition and fucking smashing it. Decent. Decent. Yeah, you yeah, did a good job with him. Decent. But none of that was my fault. I only just met you him. You just saw like, the potential. I just met him for like two days. Yeah. Um, he was one of my friends from school. Anyway, so we were already friends anyway. Yeah, I was going to ask how you knew him. Yeah, just from school. Literally just from school. Um, and we're still in touch now. Good. All good. Um, anyway, we've gone completely off track on the question, yeah. <laughs> which was, what do you think about successful traits of personal training? We didn't define whether we're talking about business or clients. So no, I guess, we didn't. I guess we'll just have to say both. Yeah. Because if you if you don't make any money, then you can't survive and be a personal trainer and help people. But if you don't help people, you don't make any money. So it's kind of like chicken and egg. Yes. They're not really a separate thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the more people you help, the more the more you are rewarded for doing so, mm. isn't it? That's the job. It's mm. a job of service and support. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's so many so many elements to it. I think, isn't there? Um, you've got to be pretty. You've got to be pretty organised. I'd say organization yeah 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 you yeah. can't sort of yeah drop the ball too often because clients will drop off as well yeah good because you know I mean? they're paying a decent amount per hour yeah exactly yeah and they you expect are, a good service yeah it's not just about you turning up and that's it you know no because you have to know who the client is you have to know what they did last time what are their goals yeah. what are we doing today ask them how they're feeling have they got any injuries right now today yeah what's free in the gym mm. what are their energy levels like um like I've, I've coached a lady online this morning personal training at home she said she didn't sleep well and she's got a long day at work so i didn't mm. blast her mm. you know you just got to take yeah i might have turned up into the session thinking you're about to get it Karen. that's kind of one of my points that i listed when you told me to make some uh, notes it yeah. was that i think what did i call it engagement like engage with your clients so that can be on any so many different levels it can be talking about their life like you said remembering what they told you last time last mm. session mm. remembering all these little details about mm. them their life their job their family um yeah you know i'm gonna let a cat out of the bag here something that i've never told anybody especially when i first started personal training for like a year and a half at the beginning after i had every client as soon as they left i would make notes about them in my phone I think you've told me this before. Have actually. I told you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do it anymore because now my memory's gotten a lot better yeah. and I've gotten used to the job. But I used to write down that they told me that the husband's name was this, the kid's name was this, yeah. the dog's name's this, they work at this place. And then I would revise it before they came back in next time. Yeah. Um, just because I was just trying to care. You're trying to, yeah, 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 I'm yeah. just trying to, yeah, yeah pay attention um, and to that kind of stuff because it's important too. Yeah, and I guess. Like I more... made notes about the training, I made notes about who they are as well, what's yeah, going yeah. on in their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, but yeah, everyone's different. So some people in in the sessions, like in the rest periods, whatever, like, like they like talking about their life, or they might like talking about like I've got a new client who just likes we've got some shared interests, so he likes talking about stuff that we're both interested That's nice. in. That's always nice. Um, some clients just like praise; they just like you to yeah. tell them when they've done well. Yeah. With a set. Yeah. With a losing weight. Yeah. They just like to receive yeah. some feedback yeah um some really appreciate critique mm. like yeah they want to know when they did something yeah they want to know some if they can fix something that they mm. that wasn't perfect mm. on an exercise mm. um so yeah everyone's different but it, being engaged with them throughout the session sounds like you're talking session. about understanding the client as well yeah like listening to them understanding them yeah yeah, like you said, engaging like you, them in... Yeah, listening to them, you know. <laughs> if they, like you said, if they're feeling... I've got an example of that. So, like, 
my one of my clients had his second vaccine the other day his second Pfizer the first one he was absolutely fine this this one he was came in the next day just like feverish all his muscles hurt immediately they hurt like I could see it in it like he was sweating more than he would normally sweat like could really struggling to like stabilize himself and exercise. It's like we need to adjust the workout. I mean, you asked him if he wanted to go home. Yeah, I would have. I, I did say that. Bro, I said, you could go home. Get, if I was you like, want, just, dude. let's just rearrange. Like, I'll let you yeah. keep your session. We'll just rearrange. Yeah, like, no, nice no, I want to get through it. So we just had to modify from there. But yeah, it's listening to people, not just sort of because you've got to put yourself in their position. If you were feeling like shit, you wouldn't want to be trying to do a heavier weight than last time, would you? No, you're a good personal trainer. That's why you're trying to put yourself in their position. Most personal yeah. trainers are not trying to put themselves in the client's shoes and they're not considering these things about the clients mm. at all. Um, we both know personal trainers and we've both seen personal trainers who they'll have six clients in a row and every single client gets the same session. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the clients don't know that Yeah. because they don't get to see who went before or who no, went after. No. But we see that because yeah. I'm there all day watching you and I see you do the same exercises in a row with every single person. I'm like, oh yeah. I see what's going on over there. Yeah, not you, obviously, but we've both mm. we've both seen that seen happen that. in person. You, you, you're onto the negative stuff already, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Weave a little bit of a dig in there. Again, I'm not yeah. going to mention names. Could do. So no, I might do at some points. So people better be scared and better watch themselves because <laughs> I'm not scared about a call out. Yeah. Yeah. If you suck, I'll tell you. There's also uh, <laughs> there's a great term I heard. I, don't, I can't remember who I heard it from, but. Enter trainer. Like enter trainer. <laughs> like entertainer. A mix between an entertainer and a trainer. Oh my god, that's hilarious. So my definition of that would be like somebody who's trying to give their client, show the client new exercises every single workout. Yes. Um, yes. New crazy, like, uh, yes. you know, drop sets, uh, you know. On a bozzy ball, set. one foot, yeah. circus act kind of shit yeah. going down. I understand. That's an enter trainer. Yeah, and some, some clients do want that. Um, some clients do like to have a fun time when they're training. Yep. Most of the time it's a poor <clears> idea though. I was, coaching a, I was coaching a personal trainer a little bit the other day and he said to me, he was asking questions about how often he should vary the exercises with his clients, mm. you know, like consistency versus boredom. Mm. Sort of thing like how long should we be, how often should we be yeah. changing the exercises to keep the clients entertained in the workouts or you know not bored of the workouts and I said to him yeah you need to do that that is a consideration but the actual real consideration is whether the client's getting the result or not Mm. that's what they're there for not to have a good time necessarily it's good if you can have a good time while getting the result that's better than having a bad time while getting the result but if we're Mm. having a good time and not getting results Mm. this is not what they want this is not what you want this is they're not going to come back because they're there for a reason aren't Mm. they to either be stronger fitter faster slimmer more confident something so you need to actually number the number one thing that keeps the clients going is actually getting them what they fucking came for exactly isn't it not not if you can make it entertaining while you're doing that good but it's definitely a secondary factor isn't it than actually getting the job done Mm. if you do the job and it's fun but it's a poor job Mm. i'm not sure if that's the idea no yeah (laughs) that's why that's why i like doing multiple sessions in a week with clients because we can I can write them a program with multiple different workouts and we can still have that variety in there. But when you 
training somebody less often, you kind of have to be going over the same things. Otherwise, how are they going to get better than better at them? Like an exercise, right. an exercise is a skill. Um, it is a skill, like anything. You need to practice it to get good at it. Both with your, you know, form, uh, neurologically, and then just you need to you need frequency. You need to practice it. You're exactly um, right. Like if. Um if you only train a client once per week and you do three sets on bench press, they're doing 10 minutes bench pressing per week or something, yeah. or 15 minutes. It's so like, what are we doing? Yeah. They're never going to get good at it. And it's going to be especially bad if you are making that one workout a week different every single time. Yeah, so even if we're doing bench press four times a week, no, not four times a week, sorry, four times a month, once a week, um, because you're working on consistency trying to teach the client the exercise another personal trainer might do bench press one day dumbbell press another day dips the third day and i don't know chest press machine yeah, yeah, the yeah. fourth day yeah, in the press month. ups so. yeah 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 so they're, they're only doing each practicing each exercise once a month yeah you're never going to get good <laughs> 12 at 12 times a year yeah it's never going to work no yeah. it's never and only work. 10 minutes per time so two yeah. hours a year it's not a lot yeah. it's not that much yeah <laughs> i mean going back to your thing about like when or what your your friend asked you you know, like when should you change, when should you rotate exercises? If you've been training for a long time, like we have, mm -hmm. um, and you sort of obsess over your form as well, you you can jump back into an exercise that you've not done for a few weeks and probably still nail it technique-wise. Yeah, um, I just did a flat dumbbell press the other day. I've probably not done that for over, I don't even know, a year. Mm. I bet you didn't really have to think about it though. No, it felt great. Yeah, I was yeah. loving it. Yeah, yeah, it was great. No, but I do flat bench press and I do yeah. incline dumbbells, but just not flat dumbbells, you know. Yeah. So only mildly different. I understand. Yeah. But yeah, it felt it was fine. Yeah. But if you've got someone that's so new to this whole thing, it's like they do need that time. They need the hours to get good at the exercise. Yeah, yeah that's one of the reasons why I get beginner clients to do higher reps you know in terms mm. of, in terms of training um, because yeah. if I have two clients and one of them does five reps like strength training and the other one does 15 reps by the end of the year the one who did 15 reps has been under the bar and done, done three times more reps total and grooved that skill pathway three times more mm. than the person who did less reps and heavy and on on a like a results graph for a beginner client skill is like an exponential component isn't it like yeah, yeah. getting the technique better at the exercise gets them better results at the beginning mm -hmm. most likely than actually like strength increase and stuff yeah. actually challenging the muscles in the correct and safe way is point number one yeah isn't it safe and correct stimulus is number one progression has got to be number two mm. isn't it otherwise you end up injured if you're doing it wrong or but if you put in progression over safety and correct technique eventually that will up and implode yeah, on yourself and that's like where you get the Going back to the bad trainers, it's like um, if you're just trying to get them to put more weight on the bar every time, regardless, and their form is just looking like trash, yeah. it's just breaking down, and it's yeah. you know you can see them like wincing and the bars dipping on one side or whatever. It's like you're is, it, not... is it okay though if you shout, "Let's go, bro!" Oh yeah, if you stand behind them, "Let's go!" <laughs> yeah, that makes it two more. If, if if you're curling it and shouting, "It's all yeah. you." If you're Does holding make the bar okay? for them from rep one and just making it look Does like that make it okay? Was, <laughs> I thought so, yeah. I thought so. That's that's what good personal I've, trainers do. I've seen I've seen that person, like I've seen the you know, before they even know where the you know, before they've even given the client a chance to try the weight for themselves. Mm. From rep one. Mm. Rep one, I've seen them hold the bar, mm. bring it up for them, bring it down. It's teamwork. <laughs> I'm rowing, you're benching. It's team yeah. exercise. We're both getting we're both making gains. Yeah.
seen on leg press also. Leg press? Yeah. <laughs> the leg press is, if you're sort of supporting slash spotting someone on a leg press, like you're, you're helping them a little bit, it's a placebo. Have you ever, even with no weight on, have you tried to push that leg press you with your hands? It. You can't you move can't it. Move it. <laughs> you, you can't, even with no weight on, you yes. can't move it. You can't yeah. shove that with your hands. It's such a placebo. I don't know how mm. much resistance it's actually again, taking is on. that a good business tactic on the side of the trainer? Because it does that making the client who doesn't know much potentially think that they need them to be there? It could be a tactic. It could it's be wrong. It could be a business tactic. It's a it's a fake business yeah, tactic. It's very it's, fake, and I wouldn't do it. It's, it's it's fake business <laughs> tactic there. Um, I could I could see that, yeah, and I could see some personal trainers who are not skilled or experienced thinking that they need the client to think that they need to they be need there to be for them to perform the exercises, them, touching them on every exercise and spotting them on it. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe maybe another example would be <clears throat> when clients. No, sorry, when personal trainers use specific equipment with clients, I feel like sometimes they do that so the client feels like if they leave the personal training, they can't yeah. use that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're like, client, I'll see personal trainers using weird equipment that's like, just doing weird things with clients. I'm like, it might be the entertainment factor like you're saying, yeah, but yeah. I feel like there's a bit of, they're trying to, in, their, in the personal trainer's head, they're trying to give the client access to something they wouldn't usually have access to mm. to like provide extra value. But again, it's the completely wrong thing. Mm. It's not really about what you do, it's about what you get from it, mm. isn't it? It's not about whether you've got four bands and a bozu ball upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Handstand upside down band press or something yeah. stupid. So, all right then, do you, do you have any more? So let, let's, let's see if we can come up with three. That you, makes a good Yeah, a three traits of successful right. personal trainers. Your first one was understanding and what was the exact word you used? Um, engagement. Eng engagement. Yeah, understand yeah. sort of understanding the client and engaging with the client. Uh, yeah, let's give us another one. Uh, yeah, I've got quite a few. Um, efficiency, I think, is important. Oh, you also said organisation, I've just remembered. Yeah, I guess organisation and efficiency would come Is that in terms thing. of a business aspect or in terms of what? All of it. So let's just put it under one umbrella. So organization and efficiency. So from a business aspect, that might be uh, texting your clients every day. That might be getting your sessions booked in early for the next week. Yeah. That might be, yeah. Um, yeah, filling up your slots in good time. So you're not sort of. Correct. Because if you've got 30 personal training sessions, so you've got 30 hours to fit in and then you've got some shift work for the gym on top and you, you can't really always book people six seven eight nine ten no. that's idealistic not realistic yeah isn't it yeah. And even the personal trainer themselves and can do you, with a break maybe. yeah and if you've got a first session with someone like it's their their, their very first session with you you don't want to just give them one hour i, would, I, I don't i always book one hour 15 yeah. one hour 30 yeah and i don't charge them extra no. but on the first first two or three sessions it just takes longer exactly yeah yeah because you need them to do the exercise but you also need to teach them a lot of stuff yeah. We need to go through There's a lot more steady. explaining to do. Yeah, we right? need to go through things steady yeah. and understand yeah. what we're doing. Uh, and then organization within the session. So if you do only have an hour, like you actually need to get stuff done in that hour. Like you and I mm. might, I know I train for a lot more than an hour. Yep. Um, yep. A lot I, more. <laughs> I was saying this to a lady the other day. I was um, coaching this other lady who was on her way to becoming a personal trainer. Um, and she made a, a workout. She's just going through level three. And she's asking me like some questions on the side, you know, so she can. And I'm helping her a little bit with some extracurricular knowledge because there's a lot, a lot of stuff that you need to know that you don't learn from your personal training qualifications, isn't yeah. it? Um, and she planned a workout and said to me, 
what do you think to this? She's just practicing planning workouts and she yeah, sent, yeah. sent me this workout. Um, and it was great, yeah. And it was coming from like the level three ideas of like there was a warm up in there, there was a bit of cardio in there, there was some well rounded resistance training in there, there was like a bit of a stretching cool down thing at the end. And I said, yeah, that's good, that's good. But in real life, sometimes you might have to skip some of these things. Like at the in, if I've got one hour with a client, there's no way I'm putting them on a treadmill for a 10 minute warm up. That's just one. Get, just that's get one. Ten minutes early. Then yeah, this yeah. is what I was explaining to the lady. Yeah, it's good to do that, or to do like you know, cool warm ups, cool downs. It, it kind of needs doing. <clears throat> but if you've only really got one hour, and if you're only seeing that person once a week, I've got one hour per week to change your life. We need to be fucking going. We yeah, need to be yeah. going. We're not yeah, doing yeah. ten minutes walking on treadmill at the start. We're going. Mm. Okay. If we need ten minutes walking, you need to come in early. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Or walk to the gym. Trait of a bad personal trainer when you see them stood there. Uh, next to someone on a cross trainer yeah. for like 15 minutes. Yeah. The only the only time I would ever do that is if I really needed to explain something to a client. You know, I thought if I thought, right, today we really need to talk about fucking the food or something. Yeah. I need to talk to you about your calorie intake or what's been going on with this, this or that or the other thing. Then rather than sitting on the mats or something, I might put them on a bike or a treadmill or a cross trainer. Yeah. Just, you're going to burn like 10 calories, but just burn 10 yeah. while I just <laughs> chew your ear off for a minute <laughs> rather than yeah. sitting down. That's the only time I would ever do it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not planned into an actual session. Mm. No. Mm. That makes sense. So yeah, you were talking about organization and efficiency, weren't you? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that in, yeah, in and out of the sessions really. Yeah, getting getting a decent amount of workload done within that hour or whatever you have. Um, With my schedule, I literally block book myself hourly, and basically always have done. Now I mostly have it in my head, but I used to literally have an hour by hour planner on what I'm doing at what time. Um, what. With stuff other than the PT sessions, or with the entire business all day, yeah. every day, basically. Like alarm goes off at five, get to the gym at six, client at six, client at seven, do my own training eight mm. while nine thirty, then get in the shower, then eat something, then work at the gym ten while whatever, then two hour break. But I'm not on a two hour break. I'm actually messaging clients and doing yeah. follow up. Then then I've got another client at night. Yeah, fucking sleep. <laughs> then. But literally, like that every single hour. Now I mostly just, I have a list of things that need to be done, but I've got it in my head and I'm more flexible about when I do what. Yeah, I can I kind of do that. I definitely have like, uh, where my gym shifts are, that's all in my Google calendar, my, my sessions, uh, where I'm going to train. Some of it's in my head, like mm. I'll just leave mm. extra for me to train because I know I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat afterwards and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah. Have you ever seen Will's impressions of me? Yeah, they're good. They're, they're quite good, aren't they? They're funny, yeah, yeah. They're quite good, aren't they? One, one, of, one of them is this. It's me looking at my phone downwards like this. I've actually just got a missed call from Will 16 minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Actually, you should call him on podcast. <laughs> yeah, have you got one of those things where you can link it up? No, I guess you can just put him on speaker. Yeah, I can just put him on speaker next to here. That'd be hilarious. But it's me looking at my phone like this and then looking up and going, oh, shit, dude, really? <laughs> Wow, really? And do you know why that's his impression? Because I had every single hour blocked out. And when I'm stood in the staff room at the gym in between clients, I'm not there to make friends. No. I've got work. I, I want to be friends, but yeah. I've got shit loads of work to do like you can't even understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm checking in with all my clients in between. I'm also, at that time when I was working at the gym, especially towards the end, I was running Slum Society and making online content. And I had online clients as well as in-person clients. 
So I'm just, yeah. you know, it's, it's blocked out. So I'm not just chilling, if you understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got stuff to do yeah, no, and it sure. needs doing like fast, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the, uh, I guess, I mean, I don't know if it's, a, or if you call it a downside, but it is one of the um, parts to being a PT is how much you're on your phone messaging people. Yes, um, yes, but and now my life is on my phone messaging people basically because I'm an online coach now basically. Yeah. But I like it. I would prefer to be on my phone messaging people than in an office mm. to, for me personally because I can be on my phone messaging people. Sometimes I'm sat by Sheffield Canal just nice. sunning yeah. my legs. Message them in a nice location. Yeah. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? I can go to a coffee shop. I can stay here if I want to. I can go for a walk and sit in a park. Then do it, and I do yeah. literally if it's if it's a nice day. Yeah, I find it difficult to do um, if someone's trying to talk to me or just, or just try. I do like to go to a quiet space to do it. Yeah. So I want to be concise with what I'm saying, especially if someone's asked me a question. Yeah. Uh, like quite a you know detailed question, mm -hmm. then I want to give it a good answer. Do you know what I mean? I want to give it a good concise answer that absolutely doesn't baffle them. Yeah. Um, some things I've yeah. written to clients have taken me hours. Sometimes yeah. I've yeah, yeah. Not that it's necessarily that long. I'm not writing War and Peace, but you know, just trying to get the points across. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. These days I do voice recorded messages a lot more. Mm. WhatsApp and Facebook voice recorded messages. You know, if I've got a, if I've got a point or somebody asks me a question and it's a decent one, I think, God, that's a question. I'll send them a five minute voice recorded message of me going through it. Yeah. Right. Because writing it will take me two hours. Yeah, I should use the voice recording thing more. I've done it. I've only done it once, twice, but it is handy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, if, I'm, if I feel like I'm gonna have to write an essay. Yeah. God, it's gonna take me half an hour to an hour. I'm gonna yeah. be checking my grammar, and I need to put the right emojis in so they get the feeling from it. Mm. I'm just gonna send you a message. I'll just talk to you about it. Yeah. When I've done it before, I tell you when it's been handy is I've uh, I've written a program for somebody who I wasn't actually really gonna be training with much. And um, obviously, I've sent them the program over as a PDF or whatever. But then, you, they'll they can still look at it, and it might make no sense. So you need it, then it needs further explanation. Mm. So rather than just write mm. paragraph, rather than send them paragraphs mm. with the program, mm. you just say right. Are you you know you set you got start recording right. Are you looking at it? This is this, this is that, and you just explain it verbally. Smart move. Yeah. Yeah. Smart move. I like that. So they've got a little walkthrough. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So organization and stuff like that, planning, very important. I used to fill in all my personal training sessions for the week going forward on a Sunday. On a Sunday, I think I've stolen that from you. Have you? Yeah. yeah. So I would message people on like a Saturday or something, give them a bit of time to reply. And then on a Sunday, I would book in all my slots for next week. Sometimes yeah. it would take me four hours. Mm. I'm not even kidding. And it would be so stressful. So, so I really stressful. like those clients that just say... Um, I want this time and this time every week and I don't want it to change. That's like nice ever. sometimes, yeah. That's nice. That's nice sometimes. But I also used to like the flexibility of people that didn't do that because mm. what if I wanted a day off or to go somewhere? What if they yeah. want to do something different? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I also yeah. didn't mind. It's I, nice to have both. Yeah. yeah, and I never came up with a better way ever of filling in the diary than just literally doing it manually week by week. I know there's like the PT Hub and like these apps and like Google Calendar and people can go in and book their own slots, but that can't. that's not a real thing mm. to me. My clients can't tell me when I'm training them. That doesn't work. No. Like you said, some clients need more time and more attention. So, yeah. So some clients need. So you know, it can't be. It's not always hourly booked. Sometimes I might need a break. Mm. Sometimes there might be five people that all want Monday at five yeah. p.m. 
Now what? The first person who logs in gets it? Because what if they just want it, but they don't need it? What if they can come any day at five, but they just fancy it on Monday? Yeah. But I've got two clients who can't come any other time. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. So I never really came up with another way of doing it. I just had to literally just message people, ask them for their availability. They say, oh, I can do this day, this day, and this day at roughly these times. Yeah. And I just flipping Tetris it in. Yeah. And it takes hours, but it's the only way, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I don't think there's a better way than that. I never found one. I tried yeah. loads. I just never like found one. Like you say, some one. people are really, really time constrained, busy people with families. You know, I've got a client who's like intensive care doctor. He doesn't have much free time. Works stupid long shifts. And then other people are super flexible, like live over the road from the gym. Yeah. Work from home can take any point of the day off and come yeah. at any time. Yeah. So you can just move them about and exactly. they, don't, they don't care. So when you're booking in your sessions, I imagine you put the ones that are more consistent in time slots in first. Yeah. And then you see when the other people who are flexible can fit in. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. kind of the way you've got like to build you say, it. Like Tetris. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to kind of build it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haven't you, literally? Yeah. Um, Emma Stewart's going to come on my podcast soon, who also works at oh, your nice. gym, um, for a couple of different episodes. Um, one of them, I'm going to ask her about this same stuff, what she yeah, thinks yeah. it takes to be a good personal trainer, because obviously she's a great personal trainer. Um, she does her diary the same way, and I know it takes her hours and hours and hours, and so far I've never come up with another way of doing it, apart from just manually just flipping booking it all in. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, so we've had organisation, we've had efficiency. Yep, what else have we got? What else have we had? We've had understanding, we've had flipping engagement. Um, this, I don't think you need this to be a successful PT as you definitely demonstrated when you first started, but I think this helps you be a better PT in my opinion is experience. Yeah, of course, of course. The, the more hours you put in. Definitely. The more you've watched somebody, you know, do an exercise and you've seen issues, whether that be knee pain, shoulder pain, you know, poor ankle mobility, hip mobility, poor hamstring mobility. The more stuff you've seen, yeah. uh, someone can't get a bar on the back, this, that, you have, the more solutions you have. Correct. You just come up with more and more solutions. And you can, when you're at, when you, in the early days, you, you, you approach a problem, like you, you, you come up against a wall or what feels like a wall and you're like what do I do with this client because uh, mm -hmm. I, I didn't plan for this to happen mm -hmm. like maybe you've sort of planned a workout to do with them and then they can't do this exercise for some reason and you just don't really have a, an immediate solution but like now with more experience mm -hmm. I'm like, okay well do this or, or yeah, try you, doing you know this. some alternatives or yeah. you know some cues to try and help them do it or yeah, some yeah, ways yeah. you can build up to that exercise and things that you've seen exactly. work in the past yeah yeah so that experience is invaluable yeah, um, I was literally talking to Emma Stewart about that the other day um, with the other lady that I was coaching to be a personal trainer. And mm -hmm. we, we were talking about how one of the things that you can't really, really learn from books, in my opinion, about personal training is being able to look at someone's technique or form on an exercise and know why it's going wrong and what they need to do to fix it. Mm -hmm. You just have to have seen loads of people do it wrong in some way like you all said you have to actually get the experience of trying to and and after you after you can look at them doing it wrong you're looking at it beginner personal trainers they look at someone doing an exercise wrong and they know they're doing it wrong but if you ask them why are they doing it wrong they can't exactly identify why like you're yeah. saying and that's level one level two then is getting that across to the client and yeah. what words do you then say to them so they can understand how and why they're doing so it wrong this plays into one of my other points which was 
be concise with your cues. Cueing, yeah. Cueing, mm -hmm. like you have to be concise. You can't give them too many cues. True. Because it will baffle them. True. Uh, but you can't just, you can't be that trainer that says, keep your back straight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, yeah. can't, you can't be that guy. Yeah. You have to sort of, you have to have a nice sort of vocabulary of cues, analogies that will help them understand yeah, yeah how they need to correct and change things because yeah some it's hard to understand when you're doing an exercise like i was literally um you'll have seen me exercising at your gym with uh, my friend daniel kavner mm. um he's been on this podcast twice um we were doing flipping double cable bent over tricep kickback right okay <laughs> You can imagine what that is, two yeah, cables yeah, yeah. and then you're yeah, kicking it back. And he said to me, um, keep your upper arm still. I, I thought I was keeping my upper arm still. I'm a personal trainer. I yeah. know how to keep my arm still. I swear I thought my upper arm was still when I'm going back and extending yeah, yeah. it. And I looked, I kind of looked at it and then kept going and he was like, keep your arm still. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking, I am. I don't even, so even me, you know, like yeah. as, as an oh, yeah, yeah. sometimes I can't tell that I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, I feel like I'm keeping my arm perfectly still, mm. but I obviously wasn't because otherwise you wouldn't have said it. So sometimes you just can't tell unless somebody's watching no. you from the outside, and that's me as an advanced person that knows what's going on. Mm. Mm. I've had it the other way as well with myself, where I'm doing, I'm doing an exercise like uh, RDLs or something, and I feel like I'm I'm going wrong. I feel like maybe I'm <laughs> rounding, uh, and so. I've, I've sat my phone up and filmed myself. I'm like, and you're actually nice. That's it? actually fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh yeah, like something like a hip thrust. Like the optimal setup is sort of pretty much regarded to be like a vertical shin. You know, at the top of the bridge. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. But you can't see the angle of your true. shin. You, yeah. There's true. no way of seeing what angle. When your you shin do squats, does. you can't tell if your back's rounding. No. No. So yeah. Yeah. You, if you, I mean, if you're on your own, you basically can feel, yeah, that's mm. a handy thing with modern technology. So. One of my personal training mentors was Chris Burgess. Um, he basically taught me to only give one cue per set. Yeah. Basically, just yeah. like only one improvement per set. Yeah. And to be nice to people about it and do like the complimentary sandwich thing. Mm. So like if you did an exercise, and let's say you were doing squats and your feet were rolling inwards a little bit, I'd say, hey, that was a really good set. Well done. You, your back was really nice and straight and I liked how you went up and down nicely. Next time, to make it even better, we could try and just focus on keeping the feet a little bit flatter or pushing the knees out or whatever the correction is, put that in then. Yeah. But make sure you keep doing, you know, then say something else positive afterwards. Then make, but make sure you still do this, this and this that you also did well. Yeah, yeah. Well done. So I've given them a little correction, but framed in a nice way and re reaffirmed to them that they're doing it 99% right. Yeah. We're just trying to make it 100% right. Which is, yeah, which is often the case. It's like you're just trying to refine things for them. Yeah. You're just trying to refine their technique to, because it's our job. They're paying us to be obsessive over it. Mm -hmm. Like that's our job, you know. We're trying to get the best out of it. Form mm. out of it. Out of it, yeah. So they might, yeah, like you say, they might be doing it 95% perfect. Our job as a personal trainer quite often as well, like you said, you get clients wanting to know what to do is to build up people's confidence and knowledge in a gym. And if you give them too many cues and corrections, they can feel like they're failing and not doing mm. well. Yeah, the, like the, yeah, the complimentary, complimentary sandwich thing that you said, like, I, and again, it's, that goes back to me putting myself in their position, like, 
if I was learning and someone was giving me a negative after every set, yeah, like you did this wrong, you need to fix this. Next yeah. set, you did this wrong, you need to fix it. You just get broke, <laughs> you just get worn down by that. You just yeah, think, fucking sucks. Yeah, wouldn't you? Because you would feel like you're not making any progress. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because we're there to build people up physically and mentally. Yeah, not break them down or make them feel worse. Um, to the point where sometimes, if I've got a client who has low exercise confidence and they do it wrong but they're not going to hurt themselves i might tell them they did it right i'm not even kidding like okay. some controversial like, well I'll, I'll explain <laughs> um let's say i've got a client and we're doing you usually for my clients i've got clients that want to do a bit of strength and fitness and, and weight loss and stuff like this just yeah. ge general well-rounded goals so we usually do bits of like circuit training there might be like three four five exercises in a little mini circuit whether mm. it's at home or the gym one might be a stretch Two might be upper body, two might be legs, and we just go around a little circuit like that. Let's say one's a shoulder exercise, and we're supposed to be doing side raises. Mm. The lady starts it, and she starts doing front raises. Okay. She's not going to hurt herself, no. and it's still a legit exercise. So I'm like, yeah. Some, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's good, that's good, and I won't correct them. Sometimes I'll just think, that's fine. We can do front raises for a set. Yeah. And then next time when we come back around, I might tell her, okay, this time remember to go. Yeah, to the yeah, side yeah. or I might say right well that sometimes I even say that wasn't the right exercise so now you got to do side races as well because you just did another good exercise well done yeah so now we've got six not five thank you for adding one but you know sometimes it's just not always if I went stop you're doing it wrong well well that's not what we're supposed to be yeah. doing she might think feel a bit oh like you know so I remember a specific example where I was trying to teach a lady to do lunges and she was not having a good time with the coordination um, she tried on, she'd, she'd gotten past squats, she could do body weight squats, she'd gotten past it, she could do a goblet squat with like a 10kg kettlebell, some, um, something like that, and she could do 20 reps, so I'm thinking, right, body weight lunges is going to be the next progression up, we're ready. And strength-wise, strength she was fine, coordination, she wasn't getting it, she was a bit wobbly, she didn't, she wasn't, she was having trouble switching legs, whether we did one like alternate legs or 10 on one leg, 10 on the other leg, getting confused about whether to go forwards, backwards. Mm. Um, so after one set, she tried a few, didn't exactly go that well. I said, all right, don't worry, skip on to the next exercise. We'll try it again on the next round of the circuit. Go on to the next one, finish the circuit. She went back around. Second round of the circuit, lunges again, not getting it. I'm trying to give her like a correction or two, not getting it. She, I could tell she started to get frustrated. She's not, she's not feeling good about this. She's thinking, I don't like this exercise. This is not going well. I'm like, all right, we'll try it again. And then she, after, after that, she didn't want to do lunges again for like a month. You know, because she'd got low, her confidence had gone down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah into it so then we we went back to squats and we did more and then we went back to it again later and then she got it and now she's great at it you know but sometimes you just got to be careful with people if i'd kept hammering her even more trying to get her to do something that she can't do she might just feel worse and yeah worse and we've worse all stuff. been there as trainers i think you have to know when to sort of like just move on yeah just move on yeah and we'll just we'll go back to something else don't worry we'll come back to it another time yeah. and then she got it the next you know we left it a couple of weeks yeah. we did a few other exercises came back to it yeah. again she was fine with it she was fine with it. So you've just got to be careful with some people because this lady had like low exercise confidence anyway and she didn't feel like she was good at it or could do it anyway. So I'm not trying to make her feel like she can't do it. I'm trying to make her feel like she can do it mm. and show her that she can. And she's doing most of it right on these circuits, just this one thing, you know. You just kind of got to be careful with people, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. Any more then or do you think that's good? Uh, I think that's pretty good, yeah, because you kind of picked up on the, I was going to say be concise with your coaching cues, but you kind of, so oh that. yeah, that's what that's where we were going with the conversation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much it. What I've got. Yeah. All right then. What about 
How long have you been a personal trainer now? Six, seven years. Good. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've surpassed the six months. Yeah. That's what, in terms yeah, yeah. of personal training age, you're knocking on a bit. Yeah. You're getting there. You've I'm grown up. I'm just chron chronologically. So. <laughs> um, so you've seen a lot of personal trainers come and go. Yeah. I've, so have I. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Well, it's not. Well, I don't know if it's funny, but that's a quick thing to say. Um, it's just the way the industry is, isn't it? It's, it's like you said at the beginning of this podcast, it's a difficult thing to do. It's not mm. easy. It's harder than people think it is. There's a lot more mm. to it. Like you said about the organization, the planning, the business, you also have to get the clients, mm. you have to take the money, you have to do the accounts, you have to do the marketing, you have to do the training of the people. Yeah, yeah. You have to, all of it. I think we, I don't know about, I think you've told me before that you're, because you had that sales background in mm -hmm. with Samsung. Yeah. You? Like you brought some of that into mm -hmm. the PT business. Mm -hmm. I don't have any sales experience, but I have customer service experience. Like that's good. Working in a busy coffee shop and just that's serving good. people, like you have, I apply some of that, I guess, to my business. Like, yeah, and just being engaging and chatty. And yes. some people are very quiet. I mean, yes. I'm quiet myself, but then I sort of attract that makes sense. Quiet clients and like, yeah. but some of them are like way way quieter than me. So. It's me doing all the talking, but I've still got to try. Like I can't, we can't just be sitting there in silence in between the sets. Yeah, agreed. So I'll, I'll get, I do, yeah, I like that challenge of getting people to open up a bit. Mm. Um, I'm a bit nerdy and sciencey, so I attract clients that are a bit nerdy and sciencey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's people, clients are paying for the person as well, aren't they? Yeah, but people I mean, buy from people. People buy from people. Yeah, so. Yeah. You it's have called personal to, training. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it can't be clinical. Like you can't just. You can, but it'd be um, it'd be less effective. Yeah, it'd be less effective. Yeah. One of the questions I had for you, um, I'll just throw it in there now because I feel like it goes on from this topic, is what do you think about knowledge versus people skills as a personal trainer? Like, what's maybe maybe what's <clears throat> the most important, or what do you think the percentage is? Or, you know, mm, yeah, you understand what kind of question I'm asking? I do, yeah. Th there's there's theoretical, what do you know about strength training and muscle building and protein and yeah. enzymes and all that. That's half of it, knowledge. Yeah. The other half of it, you're working with a real person, though. Uh, what what did you describe the first one as again? Um, I you, suppose, people skills. I suppose we could have different words, yeah, but I just phrased it as knowledge, like personal, like... I don't know, anatomy, physiology, mm. training, nutrition, knowledge versus people or personal skills yeah. sort of thing. I would say that people, personal skills are more important. Yes. Yeah. Good man. I'm glad yeah. that you said that. I agree. Yeah. When I started working at the gym group, you know, um, the assistant manager told me like two years or something after later that he thought that I wouldn't be a successful personal trainer because he thought I had too much knowledge and not enough personal and people skills. <laughs> too much knowledge I'm not sure that's the thing uh, yeah he said I thought I was a super training and nutrition nerd yeah. and knew loads of stuff obviously but could I actually but I'm also a bit of an awkward nerd mm. so could I get it across to people and be confident in that environment and stuff but I've like like you said I've had sales coaching from three companies and I've, I've had people skills coaching and I've had counselling and I'm friends with therapists and counsellors and I've worked with people for tens of thousands of hours. 
yeah. literally, you know. Um, I've had a lot of mentorship on and coaching on how to coach people and how to talk to people and how to interact and hold conversations. Because um, personal training is difficult in that way sometimes as well, isn't it? Where you're talking to people about things that they're unhappy about. Yeah. Things that they're sometimes scared of or things that they think are impossible yeah. or things that are hurting them mentally or physically. Mm. We're talking about all this stuff. Yeah. People cry to me on the phone. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably once a week. Um, sometimes in consultations, not because I'm awful, <laughs> but because they're talking about things that upset them. Yeah. Ladies yeah. talking about how they've been struggling to lose weight for years or I coach people with polycystic ovary syndrome and it's causing havoc or diabetes and they're scared. It's wrecking them. Or people who something bad's happened to one of their family members or friends due to a weight management issue and now they're thinking shit that could be me and we talk through these things and people are quite emotional about it so you have to get used to these things don't you yeah yeah mm. yeah there is that element of the job um where you are sort of like a a counselor or a you know therapist in some way in, in yeah not directly but in some ways yeah yeah in some ways because we're, we're trying to help people with health and happiness yeah that's the real goal isn't it yeah yeah. The, yeah yes the proxy goal might be stronger fitter faster slimmer mm. but the real goal is be healthier and happier for mm. pretty much everyone like why do you want to even build muscle or get fitter or feel better it's to be happier basically mm. isn't it or or to feel better mm. isn't it that's the real goal to improve something about yourself in some way and that's the goal of therapy and counselling too. So it's not that we are therapists or counsellors, no. but it's there are similarities. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, and my clients appreciate that because we, like, my program's called Six Steps to Slim. The fourth section is about psychology. There's it's, there's always there's six main areas, and the fourth one is a full psychology section about all different types of stuff. And people really like it, and they find it one of the most useful things, definitely. I can imagine, yeah. Mm. Especially with food and stuff, stress management, binge eating, social eating, emotional eating, boredom eating, you know? Yeah. yeah. All. That's a huge part of it, right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, isn't it? Same with exercise, though, as well. Same with exercise, there's psychological components to it. It's hard yeah. to do. Yeah, we're not robots. Like, no. Yeah. It's, easy to, it's easy to write a, a great program or, or tell somebody what they should be eating mm. and how much. Mm. It's another thing to get that. To work considering you know you're stresses, exactly right. the stresses of everyday life and you're exactly right people misunderstand what my program is because yeah. I've got an education system in the program it's a series of lectures filmed by me that teaches people what they need to know and people literally misunderstand what it is they think it's gonna be me there stood there going this is a calorie this mm. is a carbohydrate this is this and there's a little bit of that there's probably like 20% actual nutrition knowledge you know, like background information that you actually need to know so that we can set up the story with context. Really though, it's not really knowledge, it's more like wisdom. It's more like the, the direct application of knowledge. There's a little bit of this is what you need to know, calories, protein, yeah. this, that, the other thing, but really it's what we're gonna do about it. Mm. And that's a whole different game. That's what I really teach people. Everybody knows what calories are. I'm under no illusions. Everybody knows that they should eat less and move more. Mm. It's it's basic. Yeah. But it's simple, but it's not easy. It's yeah. how are we actually going to get it done? That's what that's what I really teach people yeah. and do with people, isn't it? Yeah, I think, and so many people just don't understand that. Like that, you you must still come across those people that are just looking for, like the right diet. You know. Yeah. What, what's the right diet to follow? Or you know, 
what's the right workout plan to follow? Like we, you see the same thing as a one-to-one -one PT, like there's all the theoretical knowledge that we sort of yeah. learn on our course or, or outside of the courses about, you know, how muscles work and why full range of motion is better than partial range of motion and all this stuff, but the, that's not really what they need to worry about. No, you're exactly yeah. right. Um, like I consider myself a practical nutritionist, which is not really a real thing. I've kind of invented <laughs> that, but I just, that's you literally, made up a term. I've made it up. Yeah. It's practical Nash nutritionist. And in my opinion, there's also theoretical nutritionists and there's two categories. And I think I'm a practical one where I only really know stuff and do stuff that actually helps people in a physical, practical way. Yeah. Theoretical nutritionist is like, you know, like we like um, Dr. Andrew Huberman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's the theoretical nutritionist. Yeah. He's not a nutritionist. He's a fucking neuroscientist. Yeah. But you know what I mean? But he, yeah, he can talk for sort of like three hours on a particular subject. Like an he, enzyme. Just yeah. <laughs> one enzyme breakdown of, pathway. He can sort of offload all this information, which is interesting to sort of more nerdy people like me and you. Mm -hmm. But it's actually how you use it yes. in a practical... Most of, most of the stuff that you could talk about in those contexts are not actually on a ground level, boots on the ground basis, helping someone. Yeah. It's not actually applicable or useful. Nice information. Yeah. It's cool. It's, but, but it's can not, you apply it? You Not always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lee Bell is another one of those guys to me in terms of muscle building. Yeah. Unbelievable theoretical knowledge. Like he can talk about things. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, Lee. Because he's just so smart. He just knows so much just complicated stuff. Yeah. Whereas I have tried not to think about that kind of stuff too much. Mm. You know, like in terms of muscle building, mTOR pathways. Mm. But I mean, he still trains at our gym, you know? Yes, um, I do. It, I mean, considering all this knowledge and all this that he has, just like you and I, he still just comes in and picks up a pair of dumbbells. Do you know what I mean? He does yes. a set of 10. It's yes. like, <laughs> yes. he knows the, the theory of all these kind of advanced techniques and stuff, but. Yeah, that's, that's why eventually in personal training, um, especially in exercise quite soon and now we, now with nutrition as well I've moved away from learning about that kind of stuff like how long does it how many years does it take you of personal training to know how to teach people the exercises and stuff mm. three years five years something like that and then you kind of know what's going on with the exercise mm. stuff now I've been doing the nutrition stuff for like more than 10 years I know enough about nutrition you know so I'm not really studying nutrition that much anymore because I don't, I don't need to know more to help people I know too much, probably. Mm. A lot of the stuff that I know is it just falls into that theoretical category mm. where it's nice to know. And sometimes people ask you these questions and they think, oh, you're smart because you know the answers to these obscure things. But it's not actually applicable. So then after more, more now, I'm more into psychology, coaching, yeah. counseling, people skills, like you're and, saying. And also you're helping everyday people. You're not helping athletes. That's a doing... very important point. For me, I'm always helping beginners and basic. Yeah, yeah like it would basics. be different. If you were training a, you know, a certain team for the Olympics. You're so right. Starting, That's a very I think good point. today the Olympics, aren't they? Uh, I'm not sure. It could be this week or next week. Um, yeah, it's that's different, isn't it? There's very specific needs, but like, mm. yeah, you're helping everyday people. That's very, very true. Yeah, um, that's very, very true. So I'm careful about my language and that I use and stuff like this, keeping it simple for people, like the. The older I've got in terms of like coaching age, the more basic my language has become. Like now I don't even say, like I'll, I use the word toning because that's what the clients use. Mm. And I say, I don't say quads, I'll say thigh muscle. Mm. And I won't even say glutes, I'll say bum muscle. 
because mm. um, me and Will got some feedback from one of our podcasts. Someone said, I think you said, yeah, someone yeah. said, loved the podcast, but I didn't know what a glute was. Mm. And I thought, shit, we need to actually explain things or turn it down a little bit with the science language sometimes because people are not getting it, not getting the full story. After, after I heard you guys say that, I, I think I had a session with someone and I told them to like squeeze the glutes at like the top of the mm-hmm. exercise. And then, I, and then I considered it, I was like, do they know what I mean? That's exactly <laughs> it. Sometimes no, and sometimes that's making people feel yeah. not confident and confused. Like I will, I'll still use those words, but I'll double check that they know what. Yeah, you, mean. yeah, or just say something like squeeze your glutes, bump, or anal, yeah, slash yeah. bum muscles, or yeah, just yeah. just give them both. Yeah, use both. Just use both. Use yeah. them interchangeably. Yeah, or yeah. use them interchangeably. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you said, you have to put yourself in the client's shoes, and they want to be spoken to by somebody that makes sense, mm. not somebody that sounds overly sciencey and using yeah. all these crazy words. That doesn't impress people most of the time. It confuses them. No. It makes them feel less confident about the situation because yeah. it seems more out of reach. Where you are to where they are seems further. And that's no, not a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Not when you're trying to work as a team. No. Mm. Um, we've got a little bit of time left, but not loads. So let's... I don't know, I don't know how many points we've even gone through or not at this point because it's been a bit... I'm sure there'd be some more. I need some more time. No, it's okay. No, it's okay. Um, what do you think about some negative aspects then? What what have some, because the, the question that I asked you was, what do you think about some negative traits of unsuccessful personal trainers? What do some PTs do wrong? Let's rattle some off. I think we've touched on a couple of them already. Um, so yeah, being too much of an enter trainer. Correct, okay, yeah. Um, getting having the client rely on you too much or feel like they need to rely on you amazing not giving the clients autonomy and not, them autonomy yeah, yeah so not teaching them how to actually do it on their own you're so yeah. flipping right which is just off the previous point isn't it it's like if you're constantly spouting all this confusing technical scientific language they've come to you to feel more confident in the gym and like and to increase their knowledge but if you're just saying a lot of words that don't make any sense to mm-hmm. them it's just gobbledygook mm-hmm. that doesn't make them feel more confident nope. and or understand point. the process any better very good point insecure personal trainers will teach their clients less because they think when they know everything they'll leave them yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's a bad trainer yeah that's a bad trainer i completely yeah. agree really you want the clients to leave in an ironic way you want yeah. to te- you want to make them so good that they don't need you because then mm. all their friends will notice mm. they'll say oh my god sally you're looking great and they'll say yeah I've been with this fucking personal trainer and he taught yeah. me the stuff to do. Yeah. So now look at me. <laughs> and then people will be like, really? And then <laughs> people, you'll get more clients, honestly. Mm. you get more clients. Yeah. <clears throat> it's helped me quite a lot. I'm building an army of people who are not only slim now, but slim forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then all their friends notice and yeah. forever. And they can, you, can only be so, you can only be slim around someone for so long before they start asking questions. Yeah, After yeah, it's yeah. been five years, Sally, how are you still slim? Yeah. They'll say, look, I've told you, stalked this bald guy on Facebook, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I sometimes think that about some of my clients, like the ones that have, have lost a shed load of weight and maybe their partner is also overweight and they haven't. Mm. I sometimes think, must they, they must be thinking like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> mm. why haven't I done this? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it seemed, it's, it's only been a few months and they've lost all this weight and I'm still the same, I don't know. Sometimes think about that. Interesting. Interesting. I think the number one negative trait of an unsuccessful personal trainer is not caring about the client. 
Yeah. You know, if you if you were to ask me what's my number one thing that a personal trainer has to do, the lady the lady that I was coaching through the level three personal training thing, she asked me, she said, what do you think is the most important thing as a personal trainer? I said that you care about the client. It took me about one second to yeah, answer. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Just interest. You, you just have to care about the client. Yeah. I even coached a personal trainer for a while and it was going well and then he got a different coach that was not me who then told him to, like a business coach, who was like, right, how much money do you want to make? Okay, four grand a month. Okay, how much do you charge per session? Okay, we're going to charge this much. So that means you need to get this many sessions per week, which breaks down to this many clients, and then you need to yeah. use this sales pitch. And if you pitch to this many people, you'll have this percentage sign-up success rate. And all these clients in his head became dollar symbols, and it all fucked up. Yeah, yeah because he was, was in it for the wrong reasons. He'd stopped yeah. trying to help people, and he'd started trying to make money. And you yeah. only make the money by helping the people. Yeah. So number one is you have to be in it for the right reasons. And that's yeah. what I see about the best personal trainers. They actually give a shit about the client. Yeah. They're watching them. They're paying attention. They're texting them in between. Like you said in the sessions, they actually yeah. want the client to do well. Yeah. They're nice to them. They want the client to turn up and have a good time and get results. Yeah. They're caring about the overall situation. 80% yeah. or more of personal trainers just don't give a shit. The, mm. the client's exercising, they're facing the opposite direction, drooling. Or they've seen a girl yeah. in leggings I've seen and they've it. gotten distracted. I've seen like... PTs, again, we won't name names, uh, you know, set their client off to do a How many episodes of this show do we do before we start naming names? That's my question. It's building up inside me already. No, I'm not that kind of person. I am. But like, <laughs> there's, if you think about it, there's a lot of exercises where the client's not looking at you. They can't, you're not even in their periphery. So I've seen, I've seen a True. PT set a client off on a big, long set of walking lunges. I don't know, 30 steps. And this, as soon as they've set up, they've just pulled out the phone and just started like texting people. Yeah. One of the things I used to do as a personal trainer was never keep my clients' logbooks of their exercises in my phone or their phone. Yeah, I do the same thing. I have physical pen and paper. Yeah, and it's it's basically, it's only about optics. It's just yeah. about what it looks it's like. It's better on your phone in a lot of ways. It's it like, could be. You're not going to lose. You know, It's all backed up in the cloud. It could be. I'm not going to lose those notes. Yeah. Um, but I don't want you or the client or anybody else or any potential clients when my client sets off on lunges mm. thinks that I pull out my phone and start fucking texting. texting someone yeah, yeah. If, if I'm writing in a little notepad and then I put the notepad down you know what yeah. the deal is it, it, I could be I could, yeah, that personal trainer could be noting the client's reps down potentially yeah. but only potentially yeah. but that's not your <laughs> assumption is it no it and isn't. I can't have that, that no. I, I'm, that's, that's how conscientious I am about the situation because I learned when I was when I was a personal trainer as well that Clients watch you personal train other clients. Mm. People who want people who are thinking about getting a personal trainer, they scout the gym and they'll watch you. Yeah, yeah. Ladies used to follow my female clients into the changing rooms after the sessions with me and say, "What's he like?" Really? Yep. Yeah. And one lady came to me in a consultation and she said, "I've watched you train five different people over the last month. Every time I've been in the gym, you're always here. You're always training someone. So I've watched you." And you, you seem to pay attention. You seem to have a nice time with the clients. You don't give everybody the same exercises. So I don't know much, but that makes me think that yeah. you're a good personal yeah. trainer. So I'm here. Yeah. And I thought, shit, people are spying on me. Yeah. So I thought, I better pull my socks up. Better be a good boy. Because people, <laughs> people are literally watching. What would you do if you were looking for a personal trainer? You'd watch what the PTs do. Yeah. So people are watching. And, it, and it's not even them being like, you know, creeperish. No. It's just, if you're in a gym... If you're gonna you, pay someone, if, you want to see what they're yeah, like. Yeah, if you go regularly and you're there, and you just notice the environment that you're in. And, and what else are you gonna do apart from look yeah. around in between yeah, your sets? Yeah, when you're resting. And, and they watch the personal trainers because they might be trying to get tips or see what they're doing yeah. with their clients. You yeah. know, trying to learn a bit from it. So people watch you a lot. And they can probably see the ones that are very engaged with their clients, and then the ones that are looking bored. Yep. And like, 
you know. I said to Will on one of these. Out. I said to Will on one of these podcasts that one of my favorite things that he does because I see him train some of his clients sometimes is he's got an amazing balance between fun and serious. Like as, does, yeah. as soon as the client puts the weight down, he goes, "Hey!" and he'll, he'll start <laughs> talking to him about how's your life, what's going on with yeah. this, making jokes, we're cracking jokes, this and that, nah, 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 nah. and then the chatting back and forth, and he'll say, "Stop, exercise time." And then as soon as it's exercise time, he'll drop by about four inches, pull his trousers <laughs> up like this. This is my exact impression of Will. You have to drop, pull your trousers. Like a and football. Then, then he moves like this. And he'll go, yep, two more, a bit lower. You're doing great. Okay. And rest. Good. Way. And then he goes back to yeah. talking chatty Will. Yeah. But when it's business time, it's business time. And yeah. as soon as the client's got the weight or they're doing the exercise, he just switches and he's laser focused. You don't... A bomb could go off next to him. You don't fucking pay attention. He's literally, he's literally lasered. Don't give a shit about anything else. Zzz, watches yeah. what's going on. Cues him. Weights mm. go down. Will's back. And I just think, great. I can see that he's on it, paying yeah, attention. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> really good. Yeah. Even if like, if I've got a client who's like really, really good at an exercise, like I can think of a couple. Like, I mean, one um, has got incredible mobility. So his squats just look beautiful, like just beautiful. <laughs> the hip mobility of like a Chinese weightlifter, um, and it's just like Aster grass squats, perfectly flat lower back, like yeah. just zero butt wink or anything. Mm. And even with someone like him, I was just sort of watching with a critical eye, like, is there anything I could say? Is there anything I could pick up on that yeah. could make this? Got better? no nitpicks. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's no there's no nicks yeah. or picks to be found in this but situation. But you still sort of watch it with a careful eye again. Well, yeah. you might be getting wrong somewhere. <laughs> Just tell them you're doing great. Yeah, you're doing better than me, yeah. if anything. Yeah. You're doing great. You're doing great. Um, so th that's my number one best thing and worst thing. You've got to care about the client and you've got to be in it for the right reasons. Yeah. yeah. I think that's number one to me. Then if you've got a little bit of knowledge, I think that's good. I think more PTs could do with hanging around with more better PTs. I've mm -hmm. taught some PTs and then they go off to work in a gym and they hang around a load of shitbags and they get all these terrible flipping ideas and habits and start mm -hmm. slowly doing all the wrong things. And I'm mm -hmm. like, a, a guy came back to me two weeks ago and I coached him originally flipping three years ago or something and he was like asking me questions and I'm thinking, why are you asking these questions? This is not what we went through. And I'm like, why are you doing this, this and this? And he was like, well, and I'm like, thinking, these are not the right things to do. Where have these ideas come from? Hanging around with other PTs that are not doing the right things yeah. and then getting the wrong ideas. Yeah. I remember from when I was new that I was more influenced by other trainers. Okay. Because I hadn't done it before. So mm. I was watching what... Yeah. Like there was, a, there was a very successful... Well, a couple of very successful PTs at Virgin Active and one that I chatted to a lot and we used to sort of sit down after work and we'd watch nerdy like lectures by like Dean Somerset and mm -hmm. people like that. Mm -hmm. And I was definitely very influenced, but I'm less influenced now because I'm more confident. That makes sense. But I could be influenced by someone. I just have to feel like, like I could be influenced by someone like Will, who I think is a great PT. I think you're definitely influenced by different people. They're just not in person. Mm. Like you're definitely influenced by Brett Contreras, for example. Yeah. And yeah. Dean Somerset, like you said, and I imagine Brad Schoenfeld. Yeah. And these other scientists and Mike Israel, um, I bet. And I watched a uh, Lane Norton video yesterday that he just one, dropped. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's so concise and just so. You're influenced by him, I'm sure. Got spare, you know, spare five minutes in the gym, in the kitchen before the next client. Just watch this uh, video. 
and he's reviewing some literature and he was talking about uh, range of motion mm -hmm. and there's a, been a load of studies on what's better partial range of motion mm -hmm. full range of motion yeah and then he, he they sort of concluded that this because a new study came out showing partials were better uh no well he said that um not only is full range of motion better yeah. for muscular yeah. development and strength yeah the study showed that it was better even with lighter weights yep yeah. Um, okay, yes, yeah, so I, I saw a study come out recently that's all where it, it showed that partial reps were better and then I saw a lot of people shooting it down Right, and okay. saying this is more slacker. Yeah. So I thought that's what you were going to say, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, full range of motion is better. There was a few, I think it was like functional strength, there's a few markers where there, there was no real um, sign statistically significant difference between the two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... I think even if the results were different, I'd probably I'd always get my clients to do full range of motion where possible. Yeah, it helps flexibility. Pending, it's safer. You know, pending injuries and things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Better results, better strength, better range of motion, better flexibility, better yeah. for mobility, yeah. better for safety. Everything really, mm. isn't it? Um, all right, last question then, and then we'll rock and roll. I've got a busy day today. I don't know about you. Mm. I'm off to Tramlines Festival in a bit. You are? Right. I am, son. Yeah. Are you... It's a tested event, isn't it? Um, I'm double jabbed. Okay. <laughs> tested and or double Um I think you've either got to... I've got that NHS vaccine passport thing on my phone. Oh, no. Where you, you've got to show it and they'll scan the QR code and it'll tell you that I've been double vaccined and then you can go in. Um, this is the new world, isn't it? Wow. It's a new world order. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you're going to the main stage in, is it Hillsborough? Hillsborough, yeah. yeah. Hillsborough. That'll be good. Um, yeah, one of my friends gave me a ticket for free. And did you know the tickets are £150? Wow. I was like, what, sorry? It was free like five years ago, wasn't it? Uh, I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah, can't it started remember. as a free fest. £150. I was thinking, sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's loads though. <laughs> but one of my friends gave me a ticket for free. Uh, yeah, so that worked out nice, didn't it? That worked out nice. Um, my last question is though, what is the best thing about personal training to you? It's rewarding. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think when you help someone successfully, or you figure something out with them, they had some pain or some issue with their technique, and you managed to fix it, or somebody text you saying thank you mm. for the session today mm. i've had that a few times i just just wanted to say i really enjoyed today's session or something like that um anything like that it comes back to you it's you know it's rewarding mm. and so yeah helping people is inherently rewarding i agree to me it's yeah. the number one most fulfilling thing in life yeah to me it's the only thing that i never get bored of or that doesn't that doesn't wear out mm. literally i've tried almost every way of feeling good in life including drugs <laughs> and they all get boring or wear out or have negative side effects or consequences or you just get a tolerance to it or something to me except for helping people it's the only thing that gives me the same buzz every single time yeah literally nice so i, I, I just help people because i'm selfish yeah because i'm just trying to get a buzz on yeah <laughs> that's an interesting philosophical debate isn't it like i've read that in a book before about like are we good people because it's a selfish thing do you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> it's a um it's a massive problem of hinduism and enlightenment as well it's like um 
it's a dichotomy that they understand as well. If you're in like a relationship with someone and you're constantly doing like kind things for them and surprising them and yeah. you're the one always doing the dishes and you know whatever like is that just for your own benefit <laughs> in some ways yeah. in some ways yeah um, like in Hinduism there's multiple paths to enlightenment there's like karma yoga there's bhakti yoga there's jhana yoga there's this that and the other thing um, and karma yoga is the path to enlightenment through doing doing for others and expecting nothing in return um like there's a famous Hindu guru, somebody asked him, how can I achieve enlightenment? I think he said, feed people and serve or something like that. He said, go feed people or something along these lines. You do mm. doing nice things for others, charity work, giving. It's, so and enlightenment's their word for like happiness or constant ultimate happiness, let's just say. Mm. One of their paths to happiness is to help people. Um, but the dichotomy of it or the back and forth of it becomes if you do, if you can't do something and expect nothing in return when the thing you're expecting in return is enlightenment so now what yeah so then what do you do yeah. <laughs> it's, it's weird isn't it yeah it's it's weird but that's that's karma isn't it, it the, the idea of the karma is that it comes back to you whether good or bad mm. isn't it so if you put out good you get back good yeah if you put out bad you get back bad yeah maybe in a mystical hippie woo woo way like energies of the universe the secret mm. style or maybe if you're just a good person. Or maybe, yeah, just in a sort of, you know, your conscience. If you're a nice person, people are nicer yeah. to you. Yeah. If you give to others, people give things to you. Mm. People like you, things go better. You can get further in life. You get more opportunities. Yeah. That kind of thing. Deep. Me and Will went to Bali. Are they, I think their main religion is Hinduism. Oh, okay, I'm not sure. I think so. Let me just double check this. Uh, but they were just such lovely people. Yeah. Like, this just some of the nicest people I've ever met. And they didn't seem to want anything from us, like financially. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Uh, and a bit of a <laughs> underground bunker here, aren't we? Yeah, 86.9% Hindu. Oh, I should have given you the code for the internet. 86% Hindu. All right, then. Yeah, and I've travelled all over the world and probably the nicest people wow. I've ever met. That's amazing. Yeah. For me, I love Hinduism personally. Mm. Not that I'm a Hindu. Go to Bali. I'm not necessarily, but I love it. That's why I have Hanuman. The, oh, yeah. He's the god of service and strength. That's everything I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally everything I like. Yeah. <laughs> In one go. You think that's it, Dave? Yeah. I think that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much. No, you're welcome. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Speak to you again soon. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.